All right, we're all set now. We have our new spinning outfit, maybe our bait caster. The only thing we need is an artificial lure, and let's go catch some fish. Before we get too deep into this, I want to take a moment and talk about active fishing. Active fishing is a term that I use for things that you have to do yourself, namely when using artificial lures. An artificial lure is really nothing more than a, a chunk of wood, a piece of plastic. It by itself that can't really catch fish. You have to impart some type of action, some life to that piece of wood, piece of plastic. And hence the term active fishing. I can't think of a better place to start off talking about the wide variety of artificial lures more than a Rapala minnow. Rapala is a company that's been around since, well, it started before the world, uh, Second World War and paused and then kind of picked up again and, and took off after the war. Rapala is the largest producer of artificial lures in the world. They have caught more tournament fish than any other lure combined. So this is the typical artificial lure, the Rapala minnow. It's, uh, this particular one is a floating lure. It's designed to float on the, uh, the, the, the surface of the water. They also make various models in uh, intermediate uh, divers and even some that will, will go very, very deep and you can bounce them off the bottom. If you notice, this has a tie-in point right up here. You have the body of the lure. You have the hooks. These hooks are usually attached with some type of a split ring. Some fishermen will change out the hooks that come with a lure and install larger hooks. So let's say this uh, lure comes with a... Um, uh, size 4, they'll change these out to a size 2, something a little bigger. Some people feel that the lure, that the lure manufacturers are trying to save uh, a little bit of money, so they kind of undersize the hooks. This is kind of inside baseball. Um, I've never had a problem with the lure uh, coming from uh, uh, the hooks coming from, from a, 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 the manufacturer. Uh, some people will change out the front hook with a red colored uh, treble hook and they feel that this kind of gives a little flash of blood or a flash of distress it's more attractive uh, to the fish again that's kind of an inside uh, baseball thing uh, the, the the real working part of this lure is this lip right here you can get into some real deep weeds. This would be a good project for an engineering student. If you change the angle of this lip, you will change the action of the of the lure. Right now, the way this is is made and the size of this lip, you get this very nice 
oscillating side to side kind of wobble. It, it looks very much like a fish swimming through the water. I also think that since we have metal to metal connections with the split ring right here, we get a little sound generation. And I think that that is also uh, attractive to, to bass um, and, and other species. By changing the area of this lip and changing the angle of this lip, you can make a, a lure that will dive really deep, a lure that is very shallow, one that has just a little bit of wobble, or one that just shoots from one side over to the other in a two or three foot swath. Uh, it, it's really quite fascinating um, if you get into lore making and and really play with these uh, uh, with a different type of uh, lip profiles. Uh, this is a very brief uh, history of the founder of Rapala Lore, um, uh, Lori Rapala. I've been accused of getting into too much history, uh, so I will let you just uh, read this on your own. And if you are really interested, I invite you to go to Canvas under Files. There's a PowerPoint presentation called Famous Fisherman. And in that presentation, um, it's there's no audio to it. It's it's all uh, what I used to use in a uh, classroom lecture until I was putting too many people uh, to sleep. Um, but you can read it and and get a lot of great information out of it. Um, any advertising, marketing uh, majors uh, might want to take a look at it because it's a very very interesting story. Now, this is a rattle shad, and if you notice that it has a tie-in right up here in the middle of its back, it functions similar to the, the Rapala minnow in that it incorporates the lip right here in the actual body. This is a, a diving lure, and... What is unique about it is that Lori Rapla, the inventor of this lore, put a few BBs inside in a little tube. And whenever you cast this out and start reeling in, this lure will dive. It will flutter back and forth, but those BBs generate sound and this is a very effective lure it's been been used you know for for decades and it's caught a lot of fish and here's a, 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 a brief um, history on uh, uh, Bill Lewis This is one of my favorite lures. This is a jitterbug. My uncle gave me a jitterbug in 1971, maybe 72. Just, uh, I think, a year or so before he passed away. And this is a lure that is a topwater lure. It, it doesn't dive. It, it stays right up on the, on the top. It's a floating lure. 
And this lure is very old also. It was invented by uh, uh, Fred Ab uh, Arbogast in, in Akron, Ohio. Again, that's that, that kind of that Midwest uh, uh, connection. Uh, very interesting story about uh, Fred. I invite you to, to read the uh, famous fisherman PowerPoint. Uh, uh, anyway, he designed this as a floating lure, and he, he literally cut a the spoon off of one of his wife's uh, uh, silverware. And he was trying to get this thing to dive, to make a diver out of it. But a, a friend who came over for, for Sunday uh, dinner um, was looking at it and suggested that instead of making a diver, he make a topwater floating lure. And so Fred tinkered around with it and installed the spoon like this, took it out, and immediately started to catch fish with it. This The spoon, when you're pulling it through the water, it, it literally plows water. And as it's plowing water, it uh, entraps some air. And so you get this bloop, 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 the, these bubbles forming. And this can be just absolutely dynamite. If, if you go out to, to a, a nice calm lake on a, on a hot August day, wait for evening to start to fall. The shadows are getting long. And locate a weed bed. And cast this lure out along the border, the edges of that weed bed. Cast it out, let it hit, let the rings dissipate. And then give it a few turns. Just reel it in, a foot, maybe two feet. Just a slow blop, 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 blop. And then pause it. Let those rings dissipate again. And then repeat this. There's a bass down in those weeds that is hearing this and is seeing this and is feeling this. And he's not exactly sure what it is. It sounds a lot like a frog, but it sounds really tasty. And by the time you get that lure out of those weeds, you will probably have this giant explosion, water spraying all over the place, and this big old bass latched on to the end of a jitterbug. Incredibly effective lore. In classes, I've, I've taken a survey of people who have used a jitterbug, and, and I've asked them if they've caught fish, and every single one of them have indicated that, yes, they've, they've uh, uh, caught fish. One thing I'd like to, to mention about topwater lures up here, um, fish only feed off of the surface about 5% of the time. So if, you're, if you only have topwater lures in your tackle box, you're missing a lot of fish. If you're out in really cold temperatures, if you're out in the middle of the day, and, and you're dragging it, uh, the top, lo top water lure, it's 
very unlikely that you're going to catch anything with that. Fish are a little finicky about that. The, I, the best times I've seen for, for top water is early in the morning and late at night. The warmer the water, it almost seems the better. In the springtime is, is a good time if you slow down. Right after the, uh, the spawn, which we'll talk about uh, in more detail in the next unit, um, that can be really, really good. So in, include some topwater lures uh, in your tackle box. Uh, don't rely upon them for most of your fish. But they are just so much fun to use, just to see that explosion. And sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll get a, a trailing fish, whereas your lure uh, reeling in, the lure, you'll, you'll see the fish trail the lure. You'll see this bulge in the water. And it, it, it just sometimes can make your heart stop, you know, seeing that. This is a, a spoon. Spoons are unique, again, kind of discovered, invented, created um, um, around the 1900s, uh, early 1900s. And again, this is a, an, another piece of uh, cutlery that has, had fallen, has fallen to a, a, a mad fisherman, Lou Eppinger up in uh, Michigan. Um, sacrificed one of his wife's uh, silver spoons. Just kind of had this wild idea that this is a nice shiny spoon and I've seen bait fish flash in the water as the sun hits them. Wonder if I could mimic that with this spoon. And so he cut the handle off, uh, uh, you know, smoothed out the, uh, the, the metal, drilled two holes in each end of it and took it out into, I believe it was Lake Michigan, and caught fish straight away worked beautifully and he started to, to, to manufacture these um, they were originally marketed as the Osprey lure then his his nephew Ed decided he wanted to to honor the um, the US Marines who had fought in uh, Bella Woods uh, during the uh, World War one in Europe and so uh, he changed it to uh, uh, the Dar Devil, and Lou didn't like using the word devil, and so they changed it to devil. So if anyone's talking about a daredevil, you can correct them and say it's technically devil in honor of the United States Marine Corps. See, the things you learn in this class, just absolutely fascinating. Anyway, the red and white pattern is the signature lure. They also, you know, come in a multitude of different uh, color uh, colorations. This is kind of a, a, a pike um, a, a pattern. There's literally hundreds of different colorations, but the, the, the red and white is, is the classic. The, the backside is, is silver. Uh, to mimic that flash of the um, of the fish. Now there are hundreds of copies of the Daredevil uh, spoon. In my experience, most of them 
don't even come close to catching fish the way the dar devil uh, does. The, the, there's a special way of weighting this outer perimeter that gives it a very unique action that the, uh, the, the cheap knockoff copies uh, do not do. And I think it does make a difference. Now, as this is moving through the water, it's, it's, it's oscillating. It's, it's fluttering. And most people think that the, the sight of that, that flash and this coloration is what attracts. But as, as fishermen and scientists kind of dive into sound more and more, they have measured the unique signet, sound signature of this lure going through the water. And guess what? It actually mimics a lot of the, the sound of bait fish. So this is something that they probably got absolutely right. And it caught fish, but perhaps they didn't know exactly why it was catching fish. So anyway, very interesting. I would highly recommend everyone have have a dar devil in, in your ta tackle box. Um, they come in very, very, very tiny sizes, like a sixteenth of an ounce or even thirty-second of an ounce, um, all the way up to, you know, three, four, five inches uh, long. Uh, very effective uh, lure. Jigs are another very effective lure. This is the, uh, the, the famous Lucky Strike. Jigs is a, a category of lures that has really kind of exploded over the last several years. They come in just such a wide variety of configurations. This is what we would refer to as a, uh, a hair-dressed lure. This is deer hair, bucktail. And it's tied on up here. There's a little bit of a collar. Um, it kind of hides the hook, but more importantly, it, it gives the, the jig body. What does this jig imitate? Well, really, like all these other lures, uh, with the exception of the jitterbug and the raplaminnow, it Im is imitating baitfish, something that fish like to eat. And the, the jig is very handy in which you have a lead weight built into the hook. So you have the, the, the weight and the hook in one combination. You can buy just the, the bare lead weight with the hook and do with it whatever you want. You can, uh, sometimes you'll tip these with a, a preserved bait, um, like a, a pig rind. Sometimes you'll tip them with a piece of nightcrawler or minnow. These are incredibly effective whenever you team them up with soft plastic baits, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Very, very versatile. You can fish these off the bottom, you know, drag them across the bottom. You can bounce them across the bottom. You can uh, fish them uh, mid-depth. Uh, you can troll with these. You can suspend them and, and just jig. Very, very versatile lure. One of my all-time favorites, 
an inline spinner bait. This has a central shaft of wire right through here, this chunk of lead that is usually painted, and you have a blade. This blade will revolve around that central shaft. As it's revolving, it also flutters. It oscillates back and forth. Yeah, on a bright sunny day, the sun's going to hit this blade and it's going to give you a flash. The fish, fish will see that flash, think it's bait. But again, scientists are, are measuring the sound that this lure is producing and it sounds almost exactly like a bait fish or a very young bluegill. And so I, I can't overemphasize how, how important sound is with these various lures. Back here is the dressed hook buried in some uh, squirrel tail. I have caught a lot of really nice bluegill and a few small bass um, using an inline spinner baits. In early spring, this is one of the first lures I go to. You can fish these in a number of different ways. You can cast it out and just rip it back in just as fast as you can. You can cast it out, let it sink, raise your rod tip, reel in, let it sink, lift the rod tip, reel in, let it sink, and kind of this, this up and down, you know, struggling fish, you know, type motion. It is not weedless, and don't be surprised whenever you catch, you know, a, a bunch of weeds in, in, into hooks. That's the one thing that this just does not do a real good job of. Unless you go to a safety pin spinner bait. This was the inline spinner bait. This is the safety pin style spinner bait. Now here we have combined in essence a jig because this is a chunk of lead that's been painted with an eye on it to look like a fish. This one is dressed with rubber legs. You can see them flaring out here. It, it, it helps to hide the, the hook and it also gives the, the lower body. But now we can mount a couple different blades out here. Whenever you get really, really serious about spinner baits, you get into different blade styles. And there's probably at least a dozen different blade styles out there. Different lengths, different widths, different shapes, and different colors. And some fishermen who are really into this will change up the color of the blades or the shape of the blades because these, these blades, each one of them, are going to produce a little different sound. And they, they really believe that, that that can be the key, you know, for, for a strike. The one nice thing about these safety pin spinners is that you can pretty much drag them through vegetation and, and not get, get a hookup. Um, Honestly, I have never used a safety pin spinner like this. They are kind of big. They're kind of clunky. Um, 
videos that I've watched of people using this are basically casting it out and just ripping it through something as, as hard and fast as you can. And it, it, it's, it's kind of, it, it, will, it will incite a reaction strike where sometimes the fish is not even hungry, but it sees this thing and it just kind of pisses it off and it goes up there and it attacks. Um, so, okay, let's talk about soft plastics. Um, and before we get too far into this, I, I want to make this, the, a distinction in artificial lures. There's, there's two categories. There, there's the, the, the uh, hard baits, you know, such as the this this um, safety pin spinner, and soft baits. Soft baits are basically plastics. The, the to distinguish between the two, if you are in a a metal canoe out in the middle of the lake, and you drop your rapala lure, your daredevil spoon, or your safety pin spinner and it hits the bottom of the canoe, it's going to make a big clank. It's hard. Soft baits are, are generally plastic. And if you drop them, it's not going to make a sound. Soft baits started in, I would say, the late 60s, really took off in the 70s. I can remember being a kid, you know, uh, fishing, and everyone was catching bass on purple plastic worms. Why were they purple? I had no idea. I had caught a lot of night crawlers, but I had never caught a purple night crawlers. And if you weren't catching them on purple worms, then you switched to black and you were catching fish. There were so many fish being caught on these, these plastics. They were incredibly, incredibly effective. Gary Yatamoto was one of the guys who really kind of put a modern spin on what was then a, an old plastic um, uh, uh, a worm. He, I'll kind of cut to the chase here because this is rather a long story. He started to make his own plastic worms and he added salt to the formulation. You can make your own soft baits. It's very simple. You buy plastic bait part A and plastic bait part B, two different containers. You mix them together, and you pour them into a mold, and you let them harden. Then you pull the mold apart, trim off the little tailings, and you have a plastic lure. I mean, you literally can do this in your dorm room. It is not rocket science. If you want to add a little bit of glitter, you just mix that in. If you want to add a little bit of salt, you can mix that in. Maybe you're a real big fan of garlic, a little bit of garlic oil. You can mix that in. You can create your own lures. Not difficult at all. You just need to buy the molds and to buy the, the resins. And you mix the two together, boom, you've, you've got it. Anyway, uh, Gary Yadamoto uh, uh, developed the, uh, uh, the Cinco 
style worms uh, that had the added benefit of salt. And so now we're getting a little bit of a taste. When he was fishing tournament with soft plastics, he noticed that the, there was a very high rejection rate of the fish. Whenever a fish would, would, would attack, would latch onto the, 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 the artificial bait, it would spit it out very, very quickly. And he was thinking that if we add a little bit of salt to that, maybe we can get that fish to hold on to that lure for, you know, even just a half second, maybe a second longer. That's enough to get a really good hook set. And it turned out that he was absolutely correct. And if you think about it, you know, a lot of people will add salt to their food. As any chef will tell you, salt makes anything taste better because... We as humans have a real affinity for salt, and apparently the largemouth bass seem to like it too. This is a an original tube. It's a p piece of plastic that imitates something that fish like to eat. It could be a bait fish, it could be a worm, it could be a, a crayfish. It's something so you don't have to be absolutely specific as to what these plastics are imitating. This is, gets into a category of what we call suggestive lures. It only has to kind of suggest that it's good to eat to the fish to get consumed. We also have soft plastics that, believe it or not, resemble fish. And this is the, uh, uh, the Sadi Shad. It's been around for, for ages. You can rig this in a number of different ways, sometimes with a, uh, a jig, sometimes with, with just a bare hook. You can uh, uh, hook this wacky style. It's a whole category of soft plastics that is imitating minnows, without all the, the, the fuss and the bother of actually going to the bait shop and buying minnows and the bait bucket and the aerator and so on and so forth. There's a lot of different lures out there. If you walk into any, you know, Cabela's, Bass Pro Shop, Dick's, and you look down the aisle, I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds of lures. Some of them are designed to catch fish. Eh, a few is probably designed to catch fishermen. You'll end up with your favorites and one of the best ways to really kind of determine what to buy is what are your buddies using? What are they catching fish with? If you're out fishing you come across some uh, another fisherman strike up a conversation and you get talking about lures they'll usually share what they're they're they're, they're catching uh, 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 the fish on this gives you just kind of a rough idea of, of how you can break down and make sense of all these different lures um, over here we have hard baits and then we have soft baits and what we talked about uh, today is the uh, the topwater or surface plugs, and there are literally hundreds of them. 
I mean, I only mentioned the one, the Jitterbug, or the Raplamento, if you get the uh, get a floater. Um, crankbaits is a term that you will hear for pretty much any hard plastic lure that's not floating. And something that has a lip. And different, as we talked about, the different lip styles will produce different actions of that lure. Now, one thing that manufacturers are starting to get really good at are suspended lures. And what they do is they play around with the density of the lure so that they can get a, a lure that when you throw it in the water, it doesn't sink a hundred feet to the bottom but it will sink down to let's say 20 feet and just kind of float there because the density of the lure is equal to the density of the water at that depth uh, maybe one will, will hold at, at 10 feet um, there's just a, a great big huge category out there and read the label that is probably the best advice I can give most of the labels will do a really good job explaining exactly what the lore is designed to do not only are you going to get the weight of the lure which is important to match that lure weight with your rod but also if it's a sinker if what depth it's designed to run at so on and so forth. The the spinner baits we talked about the uh, uh, inline spinners, the safety pin spinners, and the bus baits. That's actually supposed to be buzz, b u z z. Obviously, I can't spell. Um, I don't have a, an image of those. Um, they're out there. I've never used them. You might see them um, in, in your travels. Uh, we, we talked about spoons and we talked about jigs and how versatile jigs can be, especially whenever you, you team them up with some of the, the um, uh, soft plastics. In the soft plastic category, we talked about the rubber worms, the Senkos, tubes, creature baits. These are lures that are shaped like uh, crayfish, uh, maybe frogs, uh, salamanders, any creepy crawly thing that is in the water that fish would want to eat. The one thing we didn't talk about very much are swim baits. The swim baits is a kind of a relatively new category. They are a a soft plastic lure that is imitates a minnow, like the the sadi shad. Yet it often these swim baits come with hooks already installed, so to speak, uh, embedded hooks. So you can go into a sporting goods store, you can pick a, up a package of these swim baits. It already has the the lure with the hook. The only thing you have to do is take it out of the package, tie it on, and go fishing. In fact, a lot of these will also have a scent added to, to them to kind of give you a little bit of an extra edge um, uh, on fishing. <laughs> 